Well, I've given away some of what I was going to talk about this morning. I just felt all week, I just felt like the Lord was like, encourage, just encourage, encourage, encourage. And that's come up a few times this morning already, that through Lauren. Thanks, Lauren, that was great. Where is Lauren? Somewhere. All right. So, I know every time I hop up here, I talk about how tired I am and how tired I think everyone else is. And I think it's true. We're kind of at the end of the year. Everyone's got blinkers on. They're like, we can survive. We'll just get through to the end, like Christmas, and then we can go on holidays and that's it. Even in the cafe, I don't know because I'm getting old, but it feels like... uh, it feels like this year has managed to be like three or four years crammed into one. Who else feels like that? Like, how could I have all this has been squeezed into one year? I find we're at clean up in the cafe now when I'm trying to clean up as quick as I can. I know I'm moving in slow motion, right? And so the staff have caught me making sound effects as though I'm going quickly. Like I'm like, whoosh, 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 you know? And they're like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I think I'm trying to motivate myself to move quicker. <laughs> my body's just so tired. Quick, quick. <laughs> I'm making the sound effect, but that's how fast I'm walking. No, <laughs> oh, it's just shameful. Anyway, we're at that point of the year, right? And so I really felt like, praying this morning, and felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, no, it's, you're, you're in the same boat with lots of other people that feel very similar to this. And, uh, and I really felt like he wanted to share, like I, I watch people and I see different traits that are in their life and I see different uh, things that I respect in all of you and different, um, different things that inspire me throughout the year. And quite often I'm too tired to stop and tell you that I see it or I've got other things going on. I felt like the Lord said, you need to tell the people what you see um, in this church. And so I'm going to do that today. I'll spend a bit of time... I won't name everyone's name, even though I see think, traits in all of you, but there's specific people that I'll name this morning um, and just call out different things and embarrass them, really. That's, that's my plan this morning. <laughs> so I can't, Vanessa and I, when we were uh, coming back to the church, Neil had obviously rung us up and said, hey, do you want to connect again in with, uh, with Cornerstone and, and start the cafe? And I knew there was a lot of people that have been in this church for years and years and years, and they've been faithfully serving and they've been steadfast. And I was thinking of the sort of church that I wanted to raise my kids in. Um, And I thought, you know, I've been to a number of different churches, a number of different denominations, and I've walked side by side with different Christian leaders and, and other things in my life. And I've seen Christians go in ebbs and flows, and I've seen Christians that have been, seem to be walking so closely with the Lord and then depart from that place, almost not walking with him anymore or having any faith. And I, that I don't understand. But what I've noticed with this, this church, with this family, is incredible faithfulness. Faithfulness through um, so many different obstacles that, that have come against you in life. I've seen faithfulness over and over again. Um, years ago, over 10 years ago, Vanessa and I joined Martin Allison's connect group um, probably back in its early days um, and I have watched that family where are they so I can embarrass them yeah um, I've watched that family <clears throat> go through so many things and just been solid and consistent all the time in li- in life when when uh, different things are thrown in your direction there's two ways you can go you can go towards God or you can go away from him. 
those guys have always moved towards God again and again and again. Every time life throws them another obstacle, straight to God, straight to God, straight to God. Um, and they created a network, like almost like a family around about them. They are steadfast. In other words, they're pillars that other people can lean on in life. Um, and so I want to, yeah, I want to name names and call, call people out this morning. I've seen it. I might not have said anything, but I've watched it and I've seen those things. Um, and it's really important that I think we recognize those things sometimes. Um, yeah, that's amazing, guys. Yeah, we might as well, look, let's give people a clap too. I don't mind doing that. That's... I think back in the early days when we were in the Connect group, just finding that intimate level of family in the church made it different when we came to church on Sunday morning. Um, the excitement of knowing there was a group of people that loved us and knew us deeper than just church made such a difference to coming to church on a Sunday morning. So if you're not, if you're not in a Connect group, that wasn't an announcement I'm meant to be giving. <laughs> Jump in there, it, it works. Um, other people, I was talking about Neil before, I'm gonna, I'll call Neil out as well um, this morning. It's okay, Neil, you're allowed to be embarrassed. Um, I remember um, someone some time ago said to me, um, if you were to sum up Neil in one word, what would it be? And I said, oh, consistency. And I think the phrase I used afterwards, I said, I know that if I call Neil any time of the day, any time of the year, any time, I'm going to get the same person and he'll be there for me. That's the kind of person Neil is. Um, and he'll usually answer his phone, which I'm, I'm not great at. Um, actually, he, most of the time he answers his phone, which is that's amazing for a pastor to do that in itself. Come on. Um, and so consistency. And Neil does, Neil's here all the time, but there's, uh, um, there's so many other little jobs that are being done all the time around the place that nothing's been said about. You know, So Neil does... He's preparing for sermons, he's counseling people, he's doing the accounts and stuff like that along with Kathleen and, and other things in the office. He's cleaning the toilets and he's doing all these things. I was talking to um, Onamika, she's a girl that started in the cafe and she goes, I love you, I love Neil. And I said, what? why is that? And she said, because you don't see that many pastors that are with the mop and then they're in their office and then they're in the toilet cleaning or you do this. She said, usually they've, you know, they're in a particular role and other people do other things around them. Um, so I want to call out that this morning. Neil and I haven't always seen things eye to eye, and that makes relationships always fun, I think. But I was, but 100%, if I need someone that I can lean on, again, Neil's one of those people. There's incredible consistency in him. Um, amen. Woo! Oh, Bob and Karen, I always talk about you guys, don't I? Oh, you're a... I think Bob's in trouble a lot of the time from Karen for the number of things that he puts his hand up for. In case you guys don't know, he's having some downtime next year. Also, he's told me, or Karen told him. One of the two, anyway. Um, he's always there. We can't get rid of him. Like, he's in the cafe literally at sometimes 4 a.m. in the morning um, as, you know, donuts are being done, and he's doing the coffee machine and, you know, you know watching YouTube videos to perfect his coffee art and that kind of thing, and... But there's a consistency there as well, that they're always there, always there, always there. Um, I want to tie in what's happening with these different people's lives. Their lives haven't been easy. I know all of them personally, and I know that each one of them have been throwing curveballs at different times that have the potential to derail Christians in their faith and in the way they live. But all of these people have turned back 
or have never turned away from God, that it's always led them into a deeper relationship rather than further away from God. Um, all right, I'm going to move on a little bit. I've got other names here, but we're not going to go one name at a time. We'll keep it interesting, okay? Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think there's something incredibly powerful about taking the time for praise and thankfulness. For calling people out or to stopping and to encourage people is really important, but to recognize the hand of God in different areas and to call it out. This year has been stretching in a number of different areas. We're starting the cafe and, and juggling that and working out how that works. But halfway through the year, I just felt convicted as though I'd seen God do these little amazing things throughout the year, but to actually stop and call them out. Like, in other words, say, I, I see you, God. Like, I, I see you in that. Um, and I do it more and more consistently now as there's been needs in our life or needs in the cafe and whatnot. And God's provided the perfect thing for that. And I immediately pointed out and say, I see you, God. I see you in that. So Friday was an example. We're really low on staff and volunteers. Anamika, one of our um, volunteers, she brought her friend in to just visit the cafe. But her friend ended up doing everything. She was like, oh, I do a bit of coffee and I'm going to wash up and do this and the next thing. And at the end of the day, I pointed at her and I, <laughs> I said to God, I see you, God. Like, I, I see you in what you do. Like, I recognize you. And it's like I can almost feel God like, you, you saw it. You saw I did this. You saw I did this. And financial things where the money comes in at just the right time. And I pointed out and say, I see, I see you in that, in that Lord. Um, and it's so important for us to take the time and to recognize God's hand because he's moving all the time. Even if we're going through difficult seasons, there's a grace there and God provides different things that we need. Maybe you've you know, filled up your car with the wrong fuel and you've got a dad to call and you know, other things that can kind of work through. That God's always working and he's doing amazing things in that, which I think is fantastic. All right, more names. Colin and Dorothy, where are they? You guys weren't expecting me to... <laughs> to name names, but you guys are uh, serving weapons, that you're always there and there's a faithfulness in the way you serve, um, and you're consistent and incredibly hardworking, that you identify needs, um, like building ramps for buses or cleaning and other things, and you immediately jump on that, and I know you've done that for years, and I know that you two have also experienced massive curveballs in your in your personal life and yet it's turned you towards God and you have continued to faithfully serve so let's yeah bless you guys and thanks thanks for that thank you Jesus just want to talk about as we move into the next year um, I've always had a tendency to have a really close examine of the year before like this year and work out what is it that I'm going to do um, better the next year you know what things are going to make you know, change and do that sort of thing. I suppose I'm talking about New Year's resolutions. But in the past, I've always made such big New Year's resolutions, I've never stuck to them. Um, and it's always got me down, you know, within sort of a few weeks of going, right, that's it. I'm, you know, it's not as though I'm saying, you know, if I want to get fit or something, I'm saying, well, I'm going to start off with a casual walk in the morning. Like, that's it. It's an hour at the gym and it's going to be weightlifting and I'm going to get this six-pack that Michaela promised me a while ago. <laughs> Look, it's there, guys. It's just un it's underneath things. <laughs> but I felt like when we're looking to the next year and we're looking towards... Um, when I look at different people's lives and I recognize characteristics that I want to possess in my own, 
um, the consistency, the faithfulness, the steadfastness that I see in a lot of people in the church. I want it in my own life. And I guess I do have it to a degree. Um, but I, as I look towards the next year, I'm thinking to myself, how can I adopt or how can I change myself to look more like Jesus? Um, which is what I see in you guys. Um, and I felt like for next year to change my life a decision at a time. And I got that out of Deuteronomy, where it talks about choosing life. That's my main scripture, Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to read out of that now. The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey His voice and keep the commands and decrees written in this book of instruction. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you, and it is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so that we can hear it and obey it? It is not kept beyond the sea so far that you must ask, who will cross the sea and bring it to us so that we can hear it and obey it? No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, today I'm giving to you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day, love the Lord your God and keep His commandments and decrees and regulations and walk by His ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obviously, the Lord's talking to the Israelites there. But in the Old Testament, He's always giving us a picture of what He wants to talk to us about in the New Testament. And I feel like in life, whenever a decision is given to us, the Bible says no decision is free from conflict. So in other words, every time any decision we make in our life, there are always two ways that we can go. And I've used illustrations of people that have been given um, through various circumstances hardship in their life, and they've always had choices. They can either choose to walk towards God or they can choose to walk away from God. They can choose life or they can choose death. And in every decision that we make, it actually influences and it affects the people around about us. It affects our life and affects our family's life. And I feel like in the past I've set goals for myself that are so big, I've never thought about the small decisions that actually lead up to me achieving that goal. And the Lord's saying, all I've ever given you as human beings is a single decision. Like we choose life in, in decision after decision. It's not a huge thing. We don't choose life in a week or choose life in a year. He only gives it to us in tiny little bite-sized pieces. And as we walk through and get to know the Lord more and more, as we read His Word and as we develop relationship with Him, we start to discern more and more. In Deuteronomy there it says, what He wants us to do isn't, isn't beyond. It isn't so far away that we can't reach it. It's not beyond the seas that someone needs to swim and, and get it and bring it back to us. He's put it so close that it's right on our lips and it's right in our hearts. In other words, we literally can feel the pull in the two different directions and we know really which way is right and which way sometimes we move into and crumble into through weakness or other things that leads in the wrong direction. And he promises life and death in the, as a result of the way you live your life. So some, you, you think about it in terms of, um, if I want to be uh, an Olympic athlete or something like that, um, I can't just suddenly decide that, yeah, I can be an Olympic athlete. It's going to take me five to ten years of one decision at a time. That's, man, I'm going to eat right. So someone offers me something that doesn't line up with the diet that I'm trying to achieve, but I achieve, I go, no, I'm not doing that. 
in the morning I wake up at 4 a.m. because I'm going to go running. And I, have, and I put on my shoes and it's one step. And as that accumulates day after day, year after year, in 10 years' time, I'm an Olympic athlete and I'm standing before you and my whole life has changed. So in the past, I've looked at transformation and I've looked at, oh, I, want, I, I see characteristics in different people that I want to have. And they don't suddenly just come to me. They, these people have made decisions over and over again every day. I choose life. I choose Jesus. I choose life. I choose Jesus. And I feel like the Lord's leading me much more into that side of things. And there's probably some of you going, really, you didn't know that already. Um, maybe I didn't. Um, but to, for it to be put down into the simplest of terms makes me get excited about that change is actually possible. Instead of the, you know, going as hard as I can to the gym for like an hour and then two days of like, no way, boom, crash and never go back to it again. God's just like, hey, just a five-minute walk, you know. And then the next day, it's a six-minute walk and then a seven. And slowly, but in terms of walking with the Lord, I'm choosing life, I'm choosing life. And as the days go by, as the weeks go by, I start to change and become more like Christ. Not immediately, but slowly, but surely. Other scripture I want to read out of is Galatians 5, starting at verse 16. This is talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. A sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. The Holy Spirit, wants, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what our sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are not under the obligations of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living with the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This is another example of those two decisions. That one of them leads into partnering with... So you've got, let's say for instance, you've got... Um, you have two voices. So you've got um, the voice of Christ that lines up with the Holy Spirit. It's His Spirit speaking to you and it beckons you into lifestyle with Christ. Into reacting a particular way to circumstances and situations. And then... You've got the opposing side. That's the kingdom of darkness and it's the exact opposite. And the whole, idea of the, the whole idea of those sources to lead you eventually into death. So these things are at war with us all the time. But because we're full of the Holy Spirit, we have the strength and ability to be able to follow now. Um, when the Lord prompts us and says, no, do this, we can move in that direction. Now, the difference between these two will change your life dramatically like completely change the way you experience life in your family. If you choose little by little to start to agree with the enemy as he poses ideas to you, so he says, hey, do this, and you know full well it's not quite right, and you just step in that direction a little bit. 
And then he's kind of, he's kind of enticing you. Actually, you're used to the feeling of moving in that direction. And he's like, what about this? You head in this direction. What you don't realize is that it's affecting your whole family. All the stuff listed in there is to do with the way your mind works, the way you use your body, whether you're quarreling. And so the whole atmosphere in a household begins to shift. So you feel there's a, t a tension begins to come. You fight more than you've been fighting before. The atmosphere in the house changes. And you might not even recognize that. What it, I don't know what your household is like right now. But the opposite is true when you yield to the Holy Spirit. So if you've had a household where you're feeling the tension, and the, it's almost like a cloud. You can literally feel a cloud in the house. Um, I felt it in my own in various seasons, and I felt it in other people's houses where I've walked in and gone, oh, wow, you can feel it here. In other words, you've said yes again and again and again in the direction of the enemy, and he's started to develop his kingdom in that space. There is fights. This is where lots of divorces happen. It starts with just one and then another and another in the wrong direction. And then minds and then the enemy sets people against each other, brings division. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy and he is so good at that. If you move in his direction, he starts to do what he does. And the exact opposite is true. God can bring restorations to households, marriages, and things as soon as you begin to say yes to God. So yes to God is to turn from your indifference. Like the story of the prodigal son. The moment the prodigal son looked and went, I hate my life. This is rubbish. You know, I'm eating pigs. I'm eating food that was meant for the pigs and I'm sitting in the mud. I don't want this life anymore. He changed and moved back towards God again. So in other words, all of his steps are in the direction of God. Yeah, he stuffed up. It says he was drunk, wild parties, prostitute. That was his stuff up, right? But the, Jesus, through his grace, offers us you can make the correct decisions from now onwards. And it says the moment that he turned from his indifference, the father was already looking, set his sights towards him, and his life became different. So picture it like this. Household, cloudiness, fighting all the time. You can feel that just it's wrong. And then the, I always say the husband, uh, because for whatever reason, God's put the husband in a particular position where whatever he's into or whatever he allows in the home, he kind of almost sort of he's set as the head of the home, the Bible says. So whatever the husband is, is operating in brings this presence into the house, if that makes sense. Um, so if the husband decides that, no, that's it, I've had enough of this, I'm sick of life, um, and the way it's been, he goes, all right, from this year onward, one decision at a time, I'm going to choose God. No, that, that I hear the temptation, I say no. Decision in the walk of God. Then God starts to establish his kingdom in that household. So where there was once division, there becomes unity. Where there was once no peace comes this incredible peace. The understanding starts to come back to relationships. There's all these different things. All the goodness of what God wants to bring into a household it starts to flourish. Another symptom of moving in the wrong direction is there's never money. You're always poor. Your car's always breaking down. There's all this stuff going on because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Then you start edging in the direction of God. And then suddenly it's like, we seem to be okay. What? We've got savings in the bank. That's never happened. Because God's able to move. He establishes his kingdom. The choice has been made to move in the direction of God. It's like the father that puts the you know, jacket back on the prodigal son again, restores the ring to his finger, you know, kills the fattened calf and starts to move back into his life again. And so for... I'm not going to keep us for too long because I know we have kids in the service. But for next year, if you're thinking of change, and I don't know what your personal situation or household situation is like, 
but if you wanted to change, I'm going to encourage you to go one decision at a time in the direction of Jesus. And you'll feel it. Deuteronomy says really clearly, it's not far away, it's on your lips and it's in your heart every single moment. So that you'll sit there and you'll be able to very clearly see that, okay, I have, I'm choosing God this year. This year I choose life, like it says in Deuteronomy. That's a, the title of my sermon is Choose Life. So with all the small decisions we make this year, let us be people that choose life one step, one step. Look, if you accidentally choose the wrong one, next time choose life. Choose life, choose life, and let God begin to move upon you and do what He needs to do. The different people that I pointed out today, I guarantee there has definitely been opportunities in their life through various circumstances to choose the wrong way. Um, and I've seen plenty of other people being thrown the exact same curveballs, and they don't walk closely with the Lord anymore at all. They, in fact, they went into everything described in Galatians. That they drink, their marriages have fallen apart, there's all these other things. So the potential is always there in everyone's life to choose the wrong way. But these guys, I've seen Jesus in you because of the decision you made to step one step at a time in that direction. Anamika, the girl that I shared about before, she's from Nepal. And she says that the Christians over there use a phrase, um, I think it's uh, Jamesai, which means I see Jesus in you. And so when they meet each other, they actually say, I see Jesus in you. And I, I feel like for this congregation, I feel like that with all of you. To, to, whenever I meet you, there's different facets of Jesus that I see in you. Um, and I want them. You know, there are different things that I want. And so this is my decision for next year, guys. I'm going to choose life one step at a time. And I know it's going to transform various things in my life because of that. And so that's, I don't know whether, I'm probably way under time, but you know, early, everyone loves early. Oh no, I'm way over time. That's it. Let's finish up right there. Um, I just want to open up, I just want to open up the altar or you can stay in your chair. But if there's anyone that's come here this morning um, and they have never established relationship with Jesus, and a lot of the stuff I was talking about this morning doesn't make any sense, I'm telling you this morning that um, the Jesus that we talk about is the King of Kings and he died on a cross to reset your life. Um, and so if you've come in this morning, you're like, man, if I could have a slate clear and if I could have my life completely refreshed, you know, um, reformatted, that's what Jesus offers when you come to him. And so I just want to pray with us this morning. And if that's you and you're sitting in your seat and you come in for the first time, you're like, I want reset. Um, then Jesus offers that. So I'm just going to pray with you and you can pray with me this morning. Jesus, I just come before you this morning. I've heard the message about what you've done for me and about the way you love me and about the way that through your sacrifice I can have my sins washed away and I can be reset. I can be born again. And I want that this morning. Oh, Jesus, I accept the sacrifice you made for me on the cross, washing away my sins. And I invite you to come into my heart and to, to fill me and to dwell in me. I want to choose life and I want to walk in the direction of you, Jesus. I want to change today. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. If any of you prayed that prayer this morning, I just encourage you to either come and see myself or Neil or any of the other ministry team. Um, we'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that. That'd be amazing. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And kids, thanks so much for being kind of quiet today. That's great.
I accept that. Thanks, Bob. Stop embarrassing me.